It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a season full of ups and downs, Auburn wins their first game in the NCAA tournament. We're still dancing. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. We're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joined as always here on the Henry Service Company postgame show by Daryl Daprich. The Auburn Tigers win in the NCAA tournament. Bruce Pearl and these boys, Daryl, we are still dancing. We are. What a great performance when you need it the most. I mean, this was there were certain variables and certain things, tendencies that we looked at and talked about, Zach, last Sunday when this matchup uh, came about. And, you know, just we'll get into a lot of that later. But the overall picture to take away from this is that Auburn did exactly what they needed to do as far as limiting the three. I was shot 26%. Auburn holds Iowa five points under their season average, and that's only because Iowa kind of exploded in the second half. But what we felt could be an Achilles heel for the Hawkeyes, their lack of defense, Auburn hangs 83. And an NCAA tournament where we've seen some games in the 50s and the 60s, sometimes people come out tight. What a time to have an offensive explosion. And if you would have told me that Auburn would have had one more three and shot 10 percentage points better than Iowa – from the three-point line, I would have said all day. Now, my stats don't show points in the paint. Now, that was another key to the game. We felt like Auburn needed to to outscore Iowa in the paint. I, I suppose they did, but bench points, 26 mm. bench points, led by Trey Donaldson and Katie Johnson. Guard play, guard play. Not only did Broom come up big, but the guards came up big, and you got to have that this time of year. What a great yeah. overall team win. Guard play is huge in March, and Auburn certainly had it tonight, even with Wendell. I mean, he kind of had an up-and-down game, but, I mean, you talk about what he did at the free-throw line. Holy cow. I, I mean, just talk about elite historical stuff with um, – he's he broke the record for Auburn players with consecutive free-throws made. I think he broke Frankie Sullivan's record, but Wendell, a crisp 8-of-8 eight eight from, uh, from the charity stripe, and he made, what, probably four to six of those late down the stretch there. To, to help yeah. close out a game. And look, Daryl, what have we said all year? This team can't close. It closed tonight in the biggest game of the season. They really did. And I, and I think a couple of, of key points, they got to that 17-point lead with about 10 minutes and 12 seconds to go. Yep. yep. So, yeah, they let Iowa get it to four, maybe six, but then they answered back and got it to double digits. So I get losing the lead, but you know Iowa's going to keep coming. They're not going to go away. They did it against Michigan State. And so for Auburn to answer the Iowa run, to get it to four or six and not crumble, not lose their composure, get it back out to 10. And like you said, Wendell hitting free throws at that junction of the game closed the game. That's it. He he closed out the game with his free throws. And that's what we've been wanting to see all year is Auburn having the ability to close. To do it in the NCAA tournament, if you're going to do it and get right, that's the time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Trey Donaldson. I mean, that stretch there. <laughs> oh, it, it was unbelievable. It, it's incredible, Daryl. You know, March 
sometimes is so magical for people just to kind of come out of nowhere and 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 March makes you you know famous and 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 just basically in a situation where you can go from a role player and 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 have that one magical game where you get all that exposure where you arrive on that stage yep. what a gr- I mean look mm. let, let's not downplay the fact that this kid didn't play a lot of minutes all year and he his first time in an NCAA tournament game there's there's seasoned vets that take the floor for the first time in an oh, yeah. NCAA tournament game and the lights are too bright. This 18-year-old just stepped up huge. And that's what you want to see. The guards were a big difference. Yeah, Broom was a, a beast. He was all over the place tonight. Sure. But without help from the guards, it, it's difficult to win in March. And so Daryl, Daryl, I'm gonna say something. I want to hear I want, I want to know if you agree or not. Yeah. Over the last two weeks of the season, and I really noticed it in a moment today. Katie Johnson can have the ball now, and I'm, like, comfortable with it. And I really didn't feel that all year until about, like, last week. Something felt it tonight. As soon as he had yeah. it, I was like, okay, Katie's good. He's got it. He's got it. And with Iowa's press and all that, I don't know if he could have done that a month ago. I, I agree 100%. Um, I think that he, he doesn't scare me. I'm not saying secretly, Bruce, get him out of the game. He makes a difference and helps. He 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 acts absolutely as a spark now, yep. defensively, offensively. I feel like good things are going to happen when the ball's in his hand. I I anticipate the polar opposite of what it was the first half of the season. Now the only caveat to that, Bill Rafferty pointed it out, and I know Bruce was. You got to quit celebrating so much when you hit your threes because you got exposed coming back down the floor defensively. Get down court. Don't celebrate and get exposed. Mm-hmm. Just get down court. So that'll get cleaned up. But that's the only aspect that really kind of frustrated me tonight with his game is it happened on two consecutive possessions. But other than that, he's such a spark defensively. He he's such a he's chaos. He disrupts you. And then his three that he hit, you know, with Donaldson playing in the backcourt with him. I love the I love the fact that he hit a couple threes and I was sold out and came out on him at one stretch and he just dribbled drive right to the basket. Old KD laid it up, explosive. Roof comes off the building. That's what you want to see. And he was a difference maker. You're absolutely right. I feel like good things are going to happen when the ball's in his hand now. Yeah, and then Alan Flanagan's the same way, where it's like when he's attacking the rim, I'm like, yeah, okay, I, I think that's a good play now, especially when he gets a step on the on the defender. And so, I mean, you just look at it, and it's like Alan shot it 11 times, scored 10. Janai, 14, he shot it 14 times, scored 9. Jalen shot it 9 times, scored 11. Wendell shot it 10, scored 15. Like, you just look across the board, and there's efficiency all over the place on a team that really wasn't that efficient the first like two or three months of the season. And all of a sudden, when you look back at this team since the Tennessee loss, they've led the SEC in three-point shooting. And the last week of the season, like if they play like they did against Alabama, against anybody else in college basketball, they certainly win. They play like they did against Tennessee in the, in the regular season finale. Um, they beat almost anybody in college basketball. Arkansas stinks. I mean, you ran into like the best 10 seed in SEC tournament history. But this is a team that has peaked over the last few weeks of the season, peaking at the right time. And I think they proved it tonight, Daryl. And I'm so proud of these kids. I'm so proud of this team that's been filled with adversity, that's been told over and over and over again that they're not good, that it's a down season. How in the world can you say it's a down season for Auburn basketball now? 
You want a game in the freaking NCAA tournament. And look good doing it. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the Bruce bashing that happened, even in some of our comment section, you know, we felt like Get it was ridiculous. Here. And it's it's been proven. Listen, this is this is something that we talked about last week too, about getting out of conference play. It was gonna it was gonna expose how weak or strong certain conferences are. Yep. The SEC, other than Mississippi State, has gone undefeated today. They still got Kentucky and Texas A&M tomorrow, I think, that has to play. But maybe, just maybe, all the pundits that said, oh, it was a down year, Auburn and some of these other teams that are having success tonight and today mm-hmm. is because the SEC was a tough league. We were beating the crap out of each other. We get out of the league play with the familiarity, and look what happens today with the SEC. I mean, mm-hmm. that's impressive. Arkansas, you know, Auburn, Alabama, all the teams, that you, Missouri, that right. just did what they were supposed to do. That bodes well, I think, for Auburn. I think so. I mean, I, I think the SEC only had one elite team, I mean, it's Alabama. And you saw how Auburn played them, right? And obviously, Auburn's going to have a little more juice in that game than, than most other teams in their conference. I mean, just by the nature of it. But I think there's a chance that, especially with the tournament, we saw this with the Big Ten last year. There's a chance that teams two through six were all good. They just beat the crap out of each other, Daryl. I think there's a very real chance that we see that over the next few weeks. We're gonna. It's gonna tell the tale. Um, you know, Big Twelve SEC Challenge. People put a lot of stock in that to try to gauge where where a league is. I, it, it's in March. It's postseason. That's it's it's like bowl season, right? I mean, if you were to play uh, SEC versus Big Ten on a Saturday and all the teams played each other and the Big Ten won more, okay, whatever. Come bowl season and in the college football playoff, it's SEC dominant. And I feel like the same thing in college basketball. Look, the Big 12 was the elite conference this year in the regular season. Let's see what happens come tournament time. And so far, Mm -hmm. so good. I just think that that really helped Auburn. It was such a a everybody pound on each other league this year. And there wasn't an elite team. You're right. But get out from underneath that crap, that mess, and play somebody that – Look, Iowa didn't have an answer the first 10 minutes for their defensive pressure that Auburn put on them. They were not used to that. I'm sorry, you don't see that in the Big Ten. You don't. I watch Michigan State and Indiana and Purdue. And other than that big dude, they don't guard like that. They don't defend like the SEC does. Iowa didn't know whether to cry or wind its watch. It was confused early the first eight or ten minutes. They they cried at the end. Yeah, They were all crying. Yep. Just totally heartbreaking. Not... Uh, somebody said in the chat, I forgot who it was, but they were like, so I'm crying. Maybe don't say like, don't start screaming roll tide the whole game. That was Maybe. their band. Their band did a cheer to lead it too. And Maybe again, do Auburn, Maybe Auburn do your can't own thing? do your own thing. Well, Auburn can't counter with that because who's Iowa's rival. They're not even in the same conference as yeah, the It's rival. like, I like corn. I'm not going to like burn corn down. You know what I mean? No, right. That's, that's who they are. That's who they are as people. Yeah, I mean, good. Um, I like corn. I like it burn, a little popcorn action. I think that, you know, that that was the thing. I saw the crowd where there was like a lot of Alabama fans yeah. sitting amongst Iowa fans and they were in fellowship and kumbaya together. But, um, you know, that's when you both get people in Birmingham. So now you move on to Houston and it's just really a great feeling. I feel like when you bank this one, yep. look, don't let's not sell it short and say that it's, it's participate. We go into Saturday expecting and hoping to you know that we can beat Houston, but you're playing with house money in my opinion right now. Yep, I'm I'm with you. Saturday's going to be electric with Auburn and Alabama both playing in Birmingham. 
The I mean, pressure's all on Houston. The pressure will be all on that's Kelvin right. Sampson, especially running his mouth like a little baby, running, making that comment. And you're a one seed, dude. You know, man up and don't don't act that way. I get it. I mean, I would be frustrated if I was a one seed, but There's you don't still a say G5 that. Five school though, like at, at the core exactly. of who they are. There's uh, they're not in the Big Twelve yet. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Houston, but you're not in the Big Twelve yet. And so I think there's still some mentality that they're the little guys and they've got to be chippy about it. And I think that's the kind of attitude when it matters most. I think that's when it hurts you. I really but it do. Look, it looks like little man syndrome when you're a one seed. You have no. It looks like you've got an insecurity problem when you're a one seed and you're complaining about where you're playing. You see what I'm saying? That's not a good look. If you're a one seed and you expect to do damage in a tournament, you don't make weak comments like that and make excuses before you've even tipped it up. I mean, how did he even know Auburn was going to win tonight? Maybe he knew something we didn't know. He saw this team and thought, "Oh wow, you know." Maybe he, he had want to play them, us. Who knows? Exactly. He had Auburn going on in the next round and getting to play him. So. You know, just enough with that. You're a one seed, act like it. But that's what happens when you're a mid major, in my Yikes. opinion. You have you have little man syndrome sometimes. Trey, a lot of people talking about Trey Donaldson, and we need to spend more time on him. We mentioned him a second ago, but we need to talk more about him. What did you think when a guy's three of three? I don't think a guy should ever be just three of three from three. Like I don't like you got to heat check it. You have to draw something up for him. That's really my only critique of like how the game flowed in the second half. I think everything else was excellent. I think. You know, a lot of people freaking out about blowing the 17-point lead. I get it. And, like, I didn't feel comfortable up 17. I was excited, didn't feel comfortable. But you knew at some point, and, Daryl, we were talking about it during – we were texting back and forth during the game about it with uh, with Clay. And it's like you you know Iowa's going to start making threes. You knew a run was coming. And there was really two. They had two big runs coming, and you just have to withstand them. And fortunately, they did, especially that second one. That second one, like the the defense that Auburn played down the stretch, I thought was absolutely incredible. But uh, I, I'm a little, like, I don't understand why Trey quit shooting it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if somebody makes three threes in a row, like, I want you to sort of shoot a fourth three. You know what I mean? Well, you know, it's interesting. I'd have to remember 100% if I'm correct in this. I think he made three threes, and then he made the layup after the three threes. Or was the layup amongst... The three threes, meaning that I saw someone run out at him, and rather than force the three contested, he put it on the he put it on the floor and blew right by that dude. I mean, blew right by him and laid it up, which I thought yep. was a very heady, smart move for a freshman. Now I don't remember if that was amongst the the three point shooting streak or if it was after he hit three. Either way, they overcompensated and ran out at him, and he did the smart thing. But you're right. I mean, I'd keep shooting after that until you miss. And I don't know what the coaching staff told him, but he's an unselfish kid. And I think yeah. he probably didn't want to, I don't know, force something, push something, change momentum. Because remember what we talked about, missed threes a lot of times lead to runouts the other way. And the last thing you wanted to do was give Iowa any easy baskets. That's yeah. one good thing I will say about Auburn's defense tonight. I know Iowa ended up with 75. They made them earn everything they got. There wasn't yep. easy looks. I mean, they really had to work hard. Yep, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Luis saying, um, I like how they controlled the ball during the full court press. I'm with you. Every time that Iowa broke into that, I was concerned. But that goes back to like when the ball was in KD's hands, I trusted him. When yeah. the ball was in Wendell's hand, I trusted him for the most part. And they made good passes. They made good passes for the most part. I mean, there was a few things that were a little squirrely. I'm like, I don't know why you did that. But 
for the most part against the press in a high pressure situation when I was storming back and there was probably some pressure on you for the first time in the matchup. I thought they I thought they responded really well to that. I think a key to that and something to look for if Houston decides to press, probably with more athletic guards and athletic positions, threes and fours to press Auburn. Jalen Williams' role in breaking the press has been spot on. They put yeah. him at midcourt in the middle of the floor, like a high ball type situation. They throw it into him, and then he has the ability and the option to to throw it to whoever, whatever side he wants to, whatever wing he wants to. But he really handles that well in the middle of the floor when he gets that second pass. He doesn't try to dribble it up the floor. He's he's good in his decision making on who he outlets to from there. And that's very key. I think that's a it, it's a really underrated position on the floor when you're trying to break the press. That that man is a key position in breaking the press. If you don't do it correctly and you try to dribble or you throw it to the wrong guy, it'll kill you. Uh yeah. So it's right. it's not on the stat sheet, but it's very underrated and it's winning basketball. So I wanted to point that out. All right. In the live chat. How do you feel facing off against Houston? I think it's safe to say that we should assume Houston will win. Maybe they won't, but let's assume that they do. How do you feel about Saturday's matchup against the Houston Cougars? Uh, Daryl, we talked about this after Auburn lost to Arkansas in the SEC tournament. We said, okay, this team needs to be fixed. They need to fix a lot of things. And who do you call when you need something fixed, Daryl? I call Henry's. I mean, yep. it, they're they're the first call on the speed dial. Boom, they get the and first last, call because they do and everything. Last, it's one stop shop. I don't need to call anybody else. That's right. Exactly. That's right. And so they fixed the free throw shooting. They fixed the turnovers. Bruce Pearl must have drove up to Montgomery and called Henry Service Company. Clearly, you can call them as well three three four two eight eight twenty seven hundred. They can take care of your HVAC, your electrical, your plumbing. They can do it all. They even fixed Auburn's free throw percentage. So there you go. Give our friends at Henry service company, some love. They certainly deserve it. And thank you so much to Henry's for making, making all of this happen. This post game show happen. So um, comment also in the live chat, something that Henry's fixed about this basketball team. Daryl, I feel, I feel obnoxiously confident in Saturday's game against Houston. You know, I think that second-round matchups, when you play the eight or nine seed and you're a one seed, are so dangerous. Heck, fourth seeds against 13 seeds and two seeds against 15 seeds were dangerous today. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, l l let's be honest. Th there, There's a very – Auburn, with their athleticism and the way they shot the basketball tonight and Broom, the way he played, you know, we didn't even get the kind of game I think we could have gotten out of Jalen Williams, maybe in spurts. But I'm talking about the overall – statistical performance. What did he end up having? He had 11 points. So that's decent. He got double digits, Five but he was in nine. foul trouble. He was in foul trouble, right? So if he's not in foul trouble, maybe he gets to 14, 15. Let's say he contributes yeah. a little bit more uh, against Houston. The guards are going to be the key. I mean, you know, obviously you hope that you continue this ascension with the way the guards are playing KD and, and Wendell and, and some of those guys. So yeah, Oregon um, Wyoming I, I, saying Auburn broke the press, but Henry's can fix it. They sure well, can. Well said. Well said. They can fix anything. He's had some good ones tonight. He had one early on that I had to look away from because I was making a point and I didn't want to bust out into laughter. Yeah, he's made a few that I can't read yeah. as well. Ashton says Henry's <laughs> brought the old KD back, the plus 15-pound KD. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, 
I, uh, I, I want to go back to what you said about Houston, the pressure mm-hmm. being all on Houston on Saturday. And to me, like, I don't know, I don't know how much pressure Houston's really been under. And I know they had a good non-conference slate and their conference is okay. They've got a few good teams, right? But I mean, nothing, nothing like the weekend week out of like, you know, a, a power five conference, but they've always, they've been given the benefit of the doubt every step of the way. I mean, they blew a big leading. It's Alabama and like nobody really said anything about it. And so I'm just looking at Houston and I just wonder how much adversity this team really can overcome. It's a great point because when they did get an opportunity to play with the big boys, when the lights were bright and the stage was big, they blew a 15 point lead at home. I mean, I think, I believe they were at home this year when they played uh, the Alabama. So look, <clears throat> that again, when you're not used to playing big boy basketball all year, and it's, it sounds like I'm disparaging Houston, I'm not. I'm just saying that as a number one seed as a mid major, I always, you know, I just feel like the path isn't what it's like for the the big schools that that have to play. Yeah, you know, the conference schedules that they have to play. So <clears throat> when you get in the tournament, you have an opportunity to prove that wrong. Now, I'll say this, back in the day, Houston was every bit a big boy in the Southwestern Conference and sure. has a has a lot of uh tournament history, you know, in two national championship games, five slam a jam. I mean, they were studs, one of the elite basketball programs. So it's not that they're they're they're, they're not in uncharted territory. But those teams played a brutal schedule. Mm-hmm. Where no, I get it. Give Houston credit for scheduling Alabama and that kind of thing, trying to get a tougher non-conference schedule. I just, again, I'm just a believer that show me that you are able to overcome playing a weak conference schedule when it's time to play in the NC tournament. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. But the pressure um, will be on them as a one seed. It's 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 deafening. It's it's hard. It's bird. You as a one seed, you are a hundred percent expected to get to the second weekend, to get out of the weekend. If you don't, you are a failure. If you're a one seed and you get beaten the round of thirty two, it's a failure. So you carry that with you a little bit. I think it's pressure. Uh, okay, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I think there's some exceptions, but I totally get that. Um. Yeah, Jeff bringing this up. Um, Trey Orr. Trey Orr playing early. What was up with that? Yeah, that that he's referring to site that he was sitting out and getting prepared for the draft. That was that was a Daryl, I'm losing you. I don't know if that's me or you. I don't know if that's me or you. Um, doing what? Yeah, you're just going in and out. You're going okay. in and out. I don't know if that's me or you. Um, but yes, yeah, I, uh, I, I did see that. But clearly, clearly he played, and he played early, which I thought was a little, little surprising. I think I got you back. Yeah. Well, I again, that was that was, but he gave minutes when Jalen Williams got in foul trouble. I thought Cardwell came in, gave us some energy with the dunk. Um, he got a couple fouls, but that's okay. You're defending. It takes it. It takes a toll after a while when someone's pounding on you physically in the paint. Mm. So you know that that. But Trehor gave gave some minutes where he just was able to give people a blow, and he didn't. We talked about this before. You just don't want it to go sideways when he gets in. If you hold serve, 
He's doing his job. I'd yeah. like to see him contribute six points and four rebounds when he gets in, but as long as he's not a minus six, you know, that's fine. Yeah, as long as he's not turning it over in like a defensive liability. And I don't think he was. I don't think he was in the short little bit that we saw him there. And that, that's really when Auburn was playing its best of the game. So, um, all right, it's, a, uh, it's kind of a tradition when you win, you go back to your locker room, celebrate, and you slap your name on uh, the, the next spot in the bracket. And Zep got to do that. I just watched the video. Zep got that's to do cool. that, which I think is, is great because he's such a unselfish player and really kind of personifies what Auburn is. So I think that's pretty cool that he got to do that. I do too. I think that's really special that because uh, he is very unselfish. And I'll tell you what, I, again, I get that it's not when someone's in your face and it's not in the, in the course of the flow of a game, but I watched some footage, I think from yesterday, in the shoot-around, and yeah. that joker made eight in a row from the corner, and it looked so pure. It looked like the three-point shooting contest used to have in the NBA where right. they grabbed the ball off the rack and just – I, it was just, it made me long for him to do that in a game. Like, I'm, I'm like, is there, I'm thinking to myself, is there some untapped potential there? If he's doing that, I know it's warm ups and there's no one in his face. It took but a it few. sure It sure looked pure coming out of his hand. So I'd love to see him kind of emerge too as an unsung guy and kind of overachieve a little bit in the tournament. Yeah. 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 He took one. He took one three tonight. And it was at a time where it's like, boy, that could have really been a dagger if he was. Oh, made. yeah. Auburn, you know had the dagger, the first, uh, Auburn had a few moments in the first half where you felt, I felt like they really could have like stepped on their throat. They just didn't do it. To me, the dagger, and, and I get it. We talk about blue, blue a 17-point lead, but semantics, you don't technically blow it unless they come back and take the lead. If you hold the lead, it's not blown. But I get it because if you are up 17, you win 13, did you really blow a lead? You know, that kind of thing. But to me, the, the, game, the, the play that I felt like when it happened that Auburn was going to win – was the Flanagan and one when he went to the basket, mm-hmm. switched hands, went from the left hand to the right hand, and cut it to, or made it seventeen. I felt good at that point. Yep. Uh, no, man, I'm um, I'm with you. Yeah, some some folks thinking predicting Zepp doing it against Houston on Saturday. I'd love that. Oh, I mean, I would, that'd, that'd I would be, be such just, a great moment for him. Just if he could just get eight. Just get eight against Houston. Hit hit a couple threes and a slashing to the rim layup like he's he does and play his normal stellar defense. That would be clutch. John Hall calling KD getting thirty on Saturday. That'd be great. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um are you uh are you okay with Lior's role offensively in his shooting output right now? You okay with that? I, I I'm okay with it if he he only helps you if he hits shots. I know he's tough, he's scrappy, he gets some rebounds, which are surprising that he gets rebounds. Yeah. But in order for him to have any value coming off the bench and get any minutes at all, he's got to hit shots. Or One of five from the floor, oh of four from, from three. Not again. Yeah, there's no time. there's no there's no net gain there unless he gets, you know, hits a couple shots because that's his value coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's people talking about how great your headphones are. You seeing this? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very proud to uh, – this is the third time I've worn them, and they feel good after a W, I can tell you that much. Uh, yeah, I think so. I bet. I bet. Um, man, I just – I want. I, I know we need to talk more about this game, but I, I'm just so excited to play Houston. <laughs> I'm just so ready, Daryl. I just – I feel really good about it. Again, 
you play the number one seed, and if something happens, whatever happens, you're not expect. I mean, you're not expected to beat the number one yeah, seed. That's and the pressure. So right. there's no pre- there's no pressure, and all the pundits, the Billis and the Reese Davis, and all those guys will pick Houston again. Seth Greenberg, it just kills me. You know, I don't know. He just if, if Auburn played, I mean, I I thought that he picked Israel against Auburn. To be honest with you, the whole country, nation of Israel, I think he picked in the summer. He's so to me comes across that way, but. Because remember, he didn't have them in the tournament and all that crap. But that's okay. It fuels them. Use that for energy. And no one will pick Auburn. And that's that's where they need to be. All the pressure and all that will be on Houston. Kelvin Sampson having to back up his statement about mm-hmm. Auburn gets to play in Birmingham as a nine seed, which, you know, that's fine. And and I like that. Because you play, you play with nothing to lose. You can play right. so loosey-goosey and with your hair on fire. Mm-hmm. Who do you think outperformed what their normal production was tonight? Do you think oh, Tr- Trey Donaldson? Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, let's take that off the table. Let's say who normally contributes minutes um, and outperformed. I, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it, when I say I hate to say it, because we he, he's a key member of this team. But Broom even played above where he's played. Offensive rebounds, putbacks, hit a big three. three. That possession, defensive possession, they ended up hitting a three where he blocked that dude twice in the same possession. He went up, boom, get that out of here. Went up again, get that out of here. He had like four blocks. He rebounded the basketball well. Offensive rebounds were key, how he got some offensive putbacks. So I think Broom really played above his uh, skill set or his his toolbox tonight. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, uh, I mean, J- yeah, J- Jani Broom down the stretch was incredible. He beat the crap over the, you know, the the Iowa folks on on the defensive side of the floor. And but I mean, to me, I think the support. I mean, we've seen him do that. The closing out from the charity stripe at the end of the yes. game was something when he that hit we those really two. we really haven't seen him do that. It's a great point. Um, yeah, that's just what a great game. What Nineteen great points, effort. twelve rebounds. Uh, probably four offensive rebounds. He had four blocks and two big free throws that really got it to a three-possession game, uh, which was big. So, yeah, I think he, he – I mean, as, as good of a player as he is, he even exceeded uh, what he normally does. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, folks in the live chat, who was your player of the game? Because I'm curious to see because you can make the case for several guys. You can make the case for Trey and Janai like we just did. I still think what Wendell did was impressive despite how like inefficient he is from the floor. And eventually that's going to be a problem. But I think you can make the case for him just because of the free throws and setting that record, right? Extending that record and going a perfect eight of eight from, from the, from the free throw line. Uh, I, I still think it's Janai overall, just as far as impacting offense, defense, rebounding. But yeah, um, Christy saying KD, Brett saying Trey, Robert saying Broom, Williams saying Broom, Sal Pal saying Wendell, Spencer and Charlotte saying Broom. We got a Janai, Wendell for finishing from C, uh, CM Pat, Broom. A lot of different names, Daryl. And I think that kind of speaks to this being a team win. And I think that's kind of the argument for why this team could be dangerous on Saturday against Houston. That's a great point. You know, if you start having multiple names mentioned, if you think people overachieve their 
normal output, that's big. You know, I, again, Donaldson's the obvious one. That's a no-brainer. When a guy's averaging two points a game and he, he goes for 11 and it's three yeah. for three, and they were big, big threes too. Let's not only let's let's yeah, on, on four only, shots by the on way. On four too. shots, and, and and it's not only that he hit them; it's when you hit them. You he took a six point lead to fifteen when you went up to to get something to drink and come back. Trey I mean, Donaldson doesn't know what a miss in the NCAA tournament feels like. He just doesn't know. That's incredible. So that it it's it's when you do that kind of stuff too, not just that you do it. Um. So yeah, he he obviously was the choice. But if I was to go with somebody that is normally contributing a lot of minutes and is normally productive and outdid their production, um, definitely Broom. And then again, we can't underestimate with all the hate, and I get it that Wendell Green gets for some of the decision making and the shot selection. Like at the end of the first half, I was like, mm-hmm. that was stagnant. We gotta we gotta run something. You, you can't just ISO yeah. somebody at the top of the key and shoot it with two seconds because you don't get a good shot. With all that being said, he finds a way to get to the free throw line late in games, and once you do, it's money, and he puts games away. When he can get to the line, it's over. Yep. Uh, Fitz says it's a tournament of upsets. Why not Houston? I'm there with you, Amen. Yeah, that's what you mentioned. Yeah, that's that's Cadillac's big thing. Why not Auburn? Yeah, why not Mm -hmm. Auburn on Saturday? Why not? And when you look at, I just think when you look at strength of schedule and all that, like I really think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's going to be a big deal. We're talking about like Tigers of the game, and I specifically said players of the game, but um, we said this earlier, but 300 people have joined since then. The, the winner of all this is Bruce Pearl. I mean, the job that he's done coaching this roster and like the, this live chat after games has talked about how bad this roster is and how bad this team is. And they had a 20-win regular season and have now won just as many tournaments as last year's number one team in college basketball did. Like, let's just let's keep all that in perspective. Like Fitz says, this is a tournament of upsets. And you look around college basketball, these really good teams, these Arizonas, these Virginias, more will lose tomorrow. And Auburn's still playing. That's big. I'll, I'll tell you something, too. I had a friend text me who – knows the pain of a first round loss and said, man, don't ever take for granted that that stat that they put up, that Auburn was 10 and 0 in the round of 64. Well, that's nice, but they need to do a little bit of research. They're not 10 and 0. They did lose a first round game. Charles Barkley lost to Richmond in the first round of the tournament back in 85 or 84. So that's the only time. Imagine being an Auburn basketball fan and being, you know, the way some of these people reacted and knowing that all the times you've been to the NCAA tournament, you've only known a first-round loss once. That's remarkable. I mean, that is amazing that, mm-hmm. you know, you get out of the first round 11 out of 12 times in your tournament history. Don't ever take that for granted. That's a great, great stat. And, of course, Bruce Pearl has never lost a first-round game. So um, that's something to, I, you know, again, they were wrong because Chuck Charles Barkley lost to Richmond. But other than that, after that loss in 84, every tournament that Auburn's been in, they have not lost in the first round. And don't underestimate that. It's hard to do. Look at some of the teams that lost today in the first round. It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. There's a video somebody just posted after the game. Looks like the walk-ons, I guess, due to seating, had to sit away from the team. And afterwards, Janai, like, ran to them. I think that's pretty cool. That is really cool. I saw, about, like, leadership I you, and leadership. How this team is. 
somebody needs to get a video. You know, it'll be, it'll be posted tomorrow. Janai Broom's face of pure ecstasy and elation after Donaldson hit that last th that third three and Iowa called timeout and they did that thing where they jumped in the air, you know, whatever that thing's called, where you jump together and bump each other in the hip, whatever that thing is. I don't yeah, know I don't know what that is. Yeah, but you know, you, you get cool, air. Though. Yeah, you and you you bump each other. That whatever that thing is. But anyway, they did that after the timeout, and you just need to look at Janai Broom's face, and it just screams leadership. The ecstasy and elation and how happy he is for that kid, just happy for that kid, pure joy. Yeah, made me feel really good about this team going forward in this tournament and how they fight for each other. Yep. Okay. Um, last question, and I've got to go do stuff for the network. The the uh, would would you rather like y'all would rather play Houston or y'all would rather play North Kentucky right over Houston? Like if this went crazy, or do you want a chance to to really kind of do something cool and, and beat a one seed? Who would y'all rather play on Saturday? <laughs> I'd rather play Northern Kentucky. I mean, just because <laughs> if somebody if somebody upsets Houston, you know that that ain't got it in their bag again. Ho hopefully, I mean a sixteen beating a one. I think Maryland, Baltimore County, when they beat Virginia, that's all they had left. I mean, I'd rather much play a sixteen seed in round two. And I get it; they're capable of beating you because they just beat the number one team in the country, or the number oh, one seed. Up five, still, right now, Daryl, I'd take I'd take the Norse. All day. That's their nickname, Norse. It's some kind of Norwegian Viking theme. So, yep, yep. Daryl, how can people? Uh, how can people give you some love, brother? Dap sixty four ten. You're going to catch me Saturday with my man Zach. We keep Let's extending go. this thing. Keep Let's extending go. it. Get to hear us again Saturday after the Houston game. And uh, then, of course, Monday, I'm on with Ben Taylor and then the Max Roundtable as well. But let's focus on Saturday because, my yep. friend, we get to be together again then, and that's great. Uh, we'll see if I'm here. We'll see if I'm here. We, oh, are, yeah. uh, we, we are on Baby Watch. But we'll this show will go live. It may be Lindsay and Daryl, but still, this show will be live. Hopefully, I'm here with you. My wife hopes that I'm not. So we'll see. <laughs> She's ready to not be pregnant anymore. I so hear, I hear we'll you. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, you can find all of our written work at auburndaily.com. And, uh, of course, a normal show will be up tomorrow morning, a normal edition of Locked on Auburn, where Je Justin Ferguson and I talk a lot of Auburn football. And then, yes, we will recap uh, the game either against Houston or Northern Kentucky on Saturday. This has been Locked on Auburn, courtesy of Henry Service Company. Once again, let me give you that number for Henry Service Company, 334-288-2700, uh, Alabama license number 00021. Call Henry's for all of your HVAC, plumbing, uh, electrical needs. If you have something broken in your home or business, odds are Henry's can fix it. Once again, 334-288-2700. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.